If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our tubes to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. Take a mental health day with Winnipeg rap veterans Gruff and Yai. Their album release show takes place December 29th at The Handsome Daughter. Doors at 8, show at 9, and including support from artists like Kits Willman, Bazooka Joe, and Epic from Saskatoon. That's Gruff and Yai's mental health day release, December 29th at The Handsome Daughter. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Okay, welcome to Witch Police Radio. This is another one of those quick hits episodes, which is uh, sort of my way of introducing myself and listeners to uh, new artists in Winnipeg or or bands that are new to me. And uh, the band that I have on today, one of the members is not new to this show in the sense that she's in about 350 bands <laughs> in Winnipeg. But this project particularly, this is, this is, this is a new one, um, fairly new to me as well, and I think fairly new in general. So I think maybe the best way to kick this off is if the two of you want to introduce yourselves and give a bit of background about the band. Yeah, of course. Well, you know Haley. (laughs) She's in so many bands, and I'm Sophie. Our band is called Stellar. Stellar. Um, We started it in January. Yeah, kind of in the midst of one of the pandemic bands. Yeah. (laughs) So, yeah, we we actually went to university together, so that's how we know each other. And then we were both musically inclined. Mm -hmm. So we're like, well, let's get together and start a music group. Right. So uh, it's kind of just been up from there. Yeah. We started doing uh, songs on FaceTime, uh, which didn't go that great, but still decided to persevere and create a band. Things have been going better now that we can uh, be together in person. For sure. Yeah. Well, maybe that's a a good place to start is how, how does that work being a band in a pandemic and starting a band during a pandemic? Because, you know, obviously... I'm, I'm almost sick of talking about it at this point, but it's affected everybody, especially creative mm-hmm. people so much um, over the past almost two years now. So, yeah. I, I mean, why do it now? It just seems like the worst possible time yeah. in human history I, to start a band. I think it stemmed out of exactly what you were talking about, like that feeling that all these creative people were having, just like feeling so deprived of like, like we met doing theater okay. and I'm a theater major. And so I was just feeling so like, I, I needed that creative fix and we we had a break from school and we kind of just mm-hmm. were so bored and decided that we wanted to just jam around and then it, it kind of stemmed out of that like just need to create mm-hmm. do you agree yeah it gives you some like in that time it's hard to find like the motivation or inspiration because you're always in that same space so yeah. at least giving yourself uh, giving yourself a project to work on and yeah. it's yeah it's just a really good outlet to have well, and I know that, uh, you know, whatever I said, 750 or whatever bands you're in, you're not in that many bands, but you are in a lot of bands. So how, how does this fit in with that? Now that shows are starting to happen again and all of your 7 million bands can, can perform live <laughs> now, how do you juggle that? And, and how, where does this fit sort of in that uh, continuum of, of bands that you uh, play in? Hmm, so um, I guess for me, it's just uh, music is very much a priority for me. And each one of my projects is like an equal priority for me. So, so far it hasn't been an issue in terms of um, like shows and stuff yeah. lining up. Usually you want that time in between shows per band, right? That, or most venues would like that. So um, I just, if if it's important to you, you make the time for it. So that's really how it's been so far. Okay. And okay. it's really nice. Yeah. And she really <laughs> has. Like when she first kind of told me the deal with all the bands, I was like, Okay. <laughs> but she really has made the time for each one. That's cool. Well done. That's yeah. <laughs> so I hate, I hate asking this question and everyone hates answering it, but how do you define the style of music you play? I mean, from what I've heard, it sounds kind of indie pop sort of vibes. Is that what you consider it or is there something else? Yeah, indie pop, indie folk. Um, mm. 
we're kind of inspired by like Joni Mitchell and a bunch of indie artists like Phoebe Bridgers and Boy Genius. So yeah, you're right on with that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Is that just something that you naturally, the two of you sort of both agree on musically or, or how, where did that sort of come from, that sound? I think you're probably more drawn to like the folky stuff. Yeah, I probably more like 70s yeah. folk, like like we said, like Joni Mitchell sort of era. And then you kind of have the more like indie, indie like current um, scene yeah. vibe. So it's 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 nice to bring like kind of old and new and find that um, middle ground. Yeah. yeah. What do you think works well uh, between the two of you? I mean, like you said, you know, you obviously have gone to school together. You know each other that way. But what, I mean, for especially for a two-person band, right? What is the connection between the two of you that, that, that works out well? I feel like we balance each other out really well. We were just talking about this. Like we have both of our laptops on the table and Haley's like screen. There's like files everywhere. Just like <laughs> looks like and mine. Yeah, mine, I have like two rows of files on each side. So like, I think we balance each other really well yeah. with that kind of stuff. Like I'm like the organizational kind of person and then Haley's good at like the creative, like yeah, just free flowing. Free flowing. Sure, I don't know. But so, yeah, yeah. personalities definitely complement yeah. each other. And in terms of music, like Sophie's very much like lyric. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I'm becoming more versed in guitar. So music. this has been, also this like project's been really good to get my guitar chops up. Yeah. Cool. I'm not yeah. very good. <laughs> so we're both learning together and that's yeah. what makes it really, really yeah. awesome. So what's the what's the plan uh, going forward now? I mean, now that now that shows can happen, hopefully for that'll continue. Who knows? But I mean, uh, are you hoping to get out there and, and play live or are you focusing on recording or what's sort of in the cards? Honestly, Ooh, God, both. both of that. Yeah. We did have one show already at the, at the Pyramid as part of Sandman and Friends and that was about like a couple weeks ago and we have one coming up October 16th. Moonfield is having their EP release at the cool. Alberts. We are playing there mm -hmm. as well as Double Talk. Mm -hmm. uh, that's our next show and then we're... Um, we're hoping to continue that trend, kind of get our names out there, but we're also mm -hmm. focusing on recording a couple songs and hopefully releasing an EP in the next couple months. Oh, cool. Okay. What is what does it take to get your names out there now? I mean, the pandemic aside, there's so many people starting bands now, which is awesome. And it seems like every day I hear about 10 new local bands. Like, yeah. how do you sort of get yourselves out there, especially as, as, as a group that's playing something that maybe isn't... Uh, I mean, it's not, it's, not, it's not loud, it's not aggressive. You're doing something fairly subdued yeah. and, and chill, right? Is it harder to sort of get people to know who you are because of that? It's definitely different. Like, we kind of discovered that playing with Sandman and Friends because they were all, uh, all the bands playing were like super high energy. Yeah, and they were like full bands. Yeah. And of course, for that show, we brought in uh, musicians people. so we could become a full band for yeah. that one, but it's definitely... Uh, it's different, especially mm -hmm. when you're looking for other people to play with. Like yeah. a lot of the scene is like rock and yeah. a hip hop course. So, um, but we've we've been doing well so far. I'd say just, we you know. we just have had to get kind of creative in our marketing, which we've actually found really fun. Like mm -hmm. fun, like funny TikToks and stuff on our Instagram, mm -hmm. and also like um, just coming up with new ideas to like market our song and our band. Uh, before our first song released, we printed out like these little cards and then like handed them out all around Winnipeg, kind of in the spaces where we like assumed that a lot of the people were into like the indie slash acoustic okay. vibes. So yeah, we're just kind of getting creative with our marketing, which mm -hmm. has been really fun, honestly. Well, and you said you're playing at the Albert, which is like maybe the last possible venue you'd expect uh, to have like a, a chill indie folk duo. But um, yeah. does that kind of... Um, like, do you think you're versatile enough that you could play, say, a coffee house and then play a bar, you know, in the same weekend or something because you could play just the two of you or with a full band, that kind of thing? I think that's Definitely. our goal to become that versatile, yeah. Mm -hmm. And even within the songs like we have right now, yeah. they're very versatile. Like, um, Switch it like up. Call Me Goodbye is definitely like a, a, a slower one, mm -hmm. I, I would say, like in the mix of them. So yeah. out of our originals, like even like when we played at the Pyramid, like it's it's a little more high energy. Mm -hmm. Um, is definitely what's coming for our originals. So okay. yeah, we kind of yeah, we kind of rehearse the songs in different ways depending on the venue that we're going to be playing them at. Yeah. Is are you hoping to expand this into an actual permanent live band, or is it going to just be the two of you and then collaborators? Yeah, um, I think we're kind of playing with different things, like different members for like live shows, sure. and then getting some creative input on projects. Yeah, like we definitely have. Um, uh, 
like uh, our, our group of friends we know through school yeah. and whatnot that we um, can ask to play with us. And yeah. we definitely like have some people in mind to eventually have this like be a full band. Yeah, so, that is the plan. Mm-hmm. Where can people hear this? I mean, I know you have, you, you, you have, by the time this comes out, you might have more songs out. I mean, the good thing about it being a podcast is it's available whenever. So someone could hear this a year from now. And by then, maybe you got an EP out and maybe you're playing lots of shows. What, what's the best, um, yeah, fingers crossed, right? What, what, what's the best uh, place to go online to, to find your music and, and to keep keep in touch with what you're doing? Yeah, so our first song, Call Me Goodbye, is on Spotify and Apple Music, and um, we're hoping to release all the other songs through there. But we also have, like, covers and little sneak peeks of songs on our Instagram, at This Is Stellar. And then our Spotify is Stellar, all caps, and you should be able to find it. Okay. And, and then I guess you, you you have a music video too, right? For the uh, for the yeah. single. So YouTube too. That'll yeah, be on YouTube. Yeah, just put Stellar, call me goodbye, pop right up. And we're hoping to continue with that trend of doing music videos with each song. We've got lots of connections to like amazing filmmakers, so that's been super fun to play with that as well. Cool. Your call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message. At the tone, please record your message. project is called Gladly. My name is Glenn Radley. The name of the band is a portmanteau of my name, which I think is pretty fun. I like language things like that. Portmanteau spoonerisms. Yes. Uh, those kind of language devices really make me happy. But the, the project itself is a six-piece band of multi-instrumentalists who all of themselves are songwriters and um, we're kind of at a cross-section of like grunge and pop between like Courtney Barnett and Father John Misty and Harry okay. Nilsson. I would say. Okay. 
Well, I was looking at the uh, some of your stuff on social media, and it seems like everyone who's in the band is already someone who's like made an impact locally on the music scene in all kinds of different genres. So, how, how did you put this group together? Like, where did you get all these great musicians from? Um, well, Jay is my best friend from music school. We did the same, started at the same year, the same program in the jazz program at the U of M. I was doing jazz drums and he was doing jazz voice. Oh, cool. Shanoa, I also met in that program. Um, she's a guitarist, singer, arranger kind of thing, and they both have their own projects. And Erica Einerson is the percussionist, is both the percussionist in Apollo Suns as well as um, the, uh, I, believe, I believe, niece of my first drum teacher, James Einerson, which is kind of an interesting kind of connection. That's cool, yeah. Uh, and then um, Bryn Herperger is the bass player for Apollo Suns, but he's playing lead guitar and singing in the band. Tim Skirsky is like one of the most working sound people people in the city and yeah, played, sure. with Lanakai, played with Lanakai and, you know, a bunch of other bands. And we're, I've just known them either personally, professionally, or just through hanging out. What's your background in the local scene? Like, I know this is a brand new project, but what would people recognize you from before this? A few things. I think um, post-music degree, I immediately joined a folk rock band called Sebastian Owl. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I played I played drums on three of their albums and toured in Western Canada with them. Um, I also, yeah, I, I'm the drummer. I'm the current drummer for Apollo Sons, and I've played with um, Hearing Trees. I've toured coast to coast with. I've recorded for and toured with Mr. K, who used to be Kevin Roy. Yeah, yeah I know him. Yeah. Um, and I've hosted for 13 months a open mic of the Times Changed High and Lonesome Club with two co-hosts every time, kind of round-robin format set. So, and I've also, you know, done musical theater. I've co-written a play called Life's Lyrics with Jay Buchanan from the band. I co-starred with him and his wife in a, in a regional musical called J.D. MacArthur and the, Winni the Winnipeg River Princess, which was an anti-capitalist screed written okay. by uh, Sheldon Svensson of the Fire and Water Music Festival and scored by Jesse Krauss of uh, Flying Fox and the Hunter Gatherers, which is a bit of a throwback. Yeah. But yeah, so that, a, a bunch of stuff. I like singing and playing the drums and writing songs and and just producing. I, I, I've the, the producers I've worked with on this project are Rusty Mattias from The Waking Eyes and Imaginary Cities, and the Sheepdogs and the Weekend Dance, yeah. and um, and as well as Rusty Robot Project recently, which I believe you interviewed. I him did. For. Yeah. 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 So I mean, that's uh, so, that's that's a pretty extensive uh, <laughs> resume of stuff that you've you've been involved with, and it's all fairly different as well. So what is the um, why the sound that you have now with this project? Like, what what made you settle on that? Because you've obviously had experience you know with jazz related things with more folk related things with with rock with this with that why the sound for for this gladly project um there's a couple of answers for that uh no, answer number one is i got my first guitar a couple of years ago from natalia Poliszczuk. do you know her i don't think so she's like a folk songwriter and leather worker and oh, cool. she's a really really great musician and i played on some recordings for her and she in return gave me an acoustic guitar um so that is totally informed the last couple of years of my writing and i i for the first five years of being a songwriter i exclusively wrote on piano and uh for the last two i've exclusively written on guitar so that's been a huge shift in sound as well but uh aesthetically uh I feel like the most impactful person sonically on what I'm trying to do in terms of like guitar tone or like arrangement or like like balance of like pop rigidity with chaos, yeah. like that kind of aesthetic kind of thing um, is mainly Courtney Barnett. And yeah. also I, I, I teach at School of Rock and I'm currently teaching a grunge season to like a bunch of, you know, edgy teenagers. So that's awesome. That's also been a, a, an influence. Too, yeah, no like doubt. Just yeah. by osmosis. Well, this is maybe a bit of a um, departure from talking about your band, but I'm curious about that. How, how do these teenagers take grunge? Like, what, what is their impression of it? Because it's they're sort of detached from from the initial sort of time period. I mean, you know, I was their age when it was happening, right? Like, I can't imagine how they're perceiving it from, you know, 30 years of, of history, you know, and having yeah. to go through all that. Well, what is their take on it? 
Well, generationally, I kind of am in the middle between them and you okay, then, because okay. I was born in 93, so I wasn't like a teenager. I was like just like a, you know, developing little brain yeah, yeah, stem yeah. or whatever. <laughs> but uh, they, I think that like, this is kind of brings up an interesting discussion about the, um, the uh, interrelatedness and kind of like, pan-temporal kind of uh, weird postmodern era we're in aesthetically where like you can just like as a lark just be into a decade for a while sure and just sure you can yeah. subscribe to that subscribe to that aesthetic and i feel like within the demographic of teenagers every flavor of every decade is just something they might get into that's just like uh kind of a thing they might kind of inhabit sure. for a while and relate to so i think that with the like the, the documentation of the internet it kind of creates this thing where like like there are still goth kids you know that's a pretty old movement yeah. you know aesthetically yeah. But like it, 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 we're we're kind of like disjointed from occupying a current moment because it's becoming so yeah. interrelated. That's kind of how I feel about it. So there's a demographic of kids who want to play loud guitars and you know hit drums and stuff. So I, it's just like I'm dealing with the subset of kids that have always and still exist in that realm. Sure, sure. And I guess the context isn't as important as it used to be because everything is available all at once now, right? Does does that kind of yeah. um thing help you as far as um sort of getting yourselves out there with, with this new project the, the fact that you know there isn't really one sound that everyone gravitates towards uh, in winnipeg or or wider and it's kind of like it's everything is a mixed bag and you can sort of pick and choose does that help you as a new band to sort of um make your place in that you're not stuck trying to be with this genre oh okay so i think that like my thing is that i really admire okay so there's a couple layers to that the, on the creative side i feel like i really admire bands who can do like their take on a, a beatles song sure. or their take on a nirvana song or their take on whatever well like being idiomatic but not being outright larceny or whatever or stealing from the yeah, song yeah, so yeah. i i really enjoy bands that are able to do that like queen like would do like a version of a vaudeville song and then like a really lo-fi shitty aggressive rock and roll song immediately after it on an yeah, album or yeah. something so i'm really into that and i feel like as far as the internet has concerned informing that i think it, technology itself has kind of created a feedback loop where um i think that the way i would kind of contextualize it is i recently bought a uh, macbook with the new m1 chip it's what i'm communicating to you okay. on now and and it is strong enough that I can like have logic on it and do any fake guitar tone I want infinitely forever. And that's yeah. like a weird kind of place to be as like a, a person who grew up before that. But I'm, I'm now in a place where I can kind of just like take from different genres sound palette wise with no actual cost. It's been yeah. democratized tone wise. Yeah, there's a barrier to entry to buying a laptop that's expensive and can do that. But it's a lot less than it used to be. So. I'm kind of in a space where I'm just trying to try a genre for this song. Like I, I've, I have stuff that's like acoustic kind of bluegrass, like my reductionist version of that. Yeah, yeah. I have tunes that are more like abrasive and aggressive. I have stuff that's more like uh, neoclassical or like a Baroque pop, like Patrick Watson. I've okay. kind of, I've been all over the place and it's only recently that I've kind of honed in on writing aggressively dumb songs with really repetitive choruses that I'm really into. Yeah. Well, there's definitely a time and place for that for sure. Um, yeah, yeah. What's the best way for people to hear you now? I mean, I, I know that you know we're recording this now. I know you have a show coming up. Probably by the time this comes out, that'll already have been you know a few weeks past. But what's sort of the best option to, if someone wants to track you down and see what you're doing as far as recording or playing future shows? Definitely follow me at, at Gladly Music um, or on Facebook. But I'm going to I. This is my first go around, and I thought naively there's like I could just release a song with like three weeks of lead time, and it's yep. going to be totally easy. But it's not the way that it works on the internet. Actually, you need more lead time. So I'm going to probably release a single 
for the second show, which will be on streaming platforms. Right now, it's more of like an anarchistic kind of like, I'm going to post the entire set list of the current like recordings of these songs in the event page, yeah. and then you're going to see it there kind of thing. But <laughs> I'm also completely anarchistic about just sending people current recordings. You, if you ask me, I'll send you right. really good recordings. And that kind of, to, to go back to another topic, though, the other producer I've mainly worked with over the years is Micah Ehrenberg. Oh, He's nice. kind of recorded me for a long time time doing solo stuff like the first session i did with him it was in the chapel at the u of w on like a hundred year old clunky piano cool. and we just did some stuff there like that was many years ago now but uh he invited me up to do uh a session this summer it was very generous of him and we just kind of uh, recorded a song to tape over 12 hours and just did all of the parts he and I did the drums and the rhythm guitar and the lead vocal he did the bass harmony and lead guitars okay. um, and yeah and that, it's called Bartholomew the Silver Beetle it's about my partner's Volkswagen Silver Beetle anthropomorphized as a really skitty punk person Okay. Um, and then uh, that'll probably be the first one that'll come out yeah very cool He's got punk LGBTQ stickers on his dashboard A broken glove box full of sketchy cash for school this year Seizing the means With round silver wings and some decent speakers Ignoring the seas as we see getting bleaker Bartholomew 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 does another patch with a rusty needle Bartholomew, the silver beetle Hanging out with his insect friends, yeah Lonely cigarette hanging out in a coffee Hard to smell much when you're focused on coughing And Bartholomew, silver bug Drive all through the night with a German swagger Doesn't really care if he sounds like a bragger Bartholomew 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 The silver beetle Sews another patch with a rusty needle Bartholomew The silver beetle Hanging out with his insect friends Robert Shaw. I'm the drummer and uh, co-founder of Righteous Fist. I'm Roger Mouflier, singer, songwriter, and guitar player. Cool. And then how long has Righteous Fist been a thing? That's a great question. We've sort of had a lineage of this history that's went maybe like eight years back now with okay. many a lineup and many a different formation till now the current records lineup. Uh, how far back should we should we dig into this? Well, uh, <laughs> we had a couple different lineup incarnations, right? So just try trial and error, yeah. And we finally got the right the right guys lined up. So yeah, it goes back a little ways, and uh, we've had everything that could go wrong did go wrong. It's kind of an <laughs> ongoing joke with us. We have the curse of righteous fist yeah, when yeah. it rains, floods. Yeah, when it rains, it floods for sure. <laughs> so, but this, this is the newest lineup, and so it's relatively new. I guess what is, I mean, when you've been around for that long in, so, in different incarnations, what yeah. sort of were you looking for to have a definitive lineup? Like, what, what is it about the current lineup that you think works? Up until now, we've had lots of creative differences with trying to achieve the sort of rock and roll we want to make. Yeah. Uh, and just getting the right people that were dependable enough to want it as bad as we do as regards to playing enough, enough shows. Uh, recording and yeah. touring and having the same sort of mindset. We've yeah. had a lot of members before that have been able to get 
work done with us, but not get to where we're trying to go as a unit. But okay. finally, I think we have that now. Excellent answer. And like I, m- I remember the first lineup, we went through seven bass players. <laughs> One guy actually. That's like Spinal Tap level. Like, that's ridiculous. It was, it was an ongoing joke. It was like Spinal Tap for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that was kind of an ongoing joke. We called them the Bowfings. The bogus fingers. <laughs> <laughs> so I hate to ask this question because I'm sick of asking it. Everyone's sick of answering yeah. it. But what you said the type of rock and roll you're trying to do, how do you define yeah. it? I know genres are terrible because everything is a, a subgenre of a subgenre of a something core, That's, something this. But what do you guys actually consider it to be? Actual rock and roll. Actual no rock and roll. Yeah, let's bring it back. I think it's come around full circle. People, you know, I don't want to sit there for 15 minutes and have to describe like, like the different categories yeah. of what we're doing. You know, I just want to be like straight ahead rock and roll, man. Like whatever, what's hard rock and roll. Yeah. It's got some wicked power behind it. And every song's got a triumphant, victorious kind of feel to it. Yeah. It's about having something that just gets you out of bed kind of rock and roll, you know? Yeah. Because that's got us through over the years, right? We're huge fans first and foremost. So we just wanted to do that for other people. You know, have something. If you're feeling bad, you can put it on and feel good again or you know, if you're feeling good, you could feel even better. <laughs> Do you think that there's like kind of a lack maybe of just straight ahead rock and roll now that everything yeah. is so compartmentalized? Yeah, into nowadays, little... We have a, a motive of playing the music we want to hear and there is enough of it out there. Sure. So that's, that's what I think the, the lack of that kind of rock and roll is, is there's a void to fill and that's what we're trying to do, I think. Yeah. Well, because I'm trying to still place you in my head because I can't help it, uh, what artists would you say are, are like obvious influences on this band? I mean, I've heard you, but I'm curious what you think, uh, you know, as a group, you sort of all uh, lean towards in terms of your own listening. Tool, for sure. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Queens of the Stone Age. Tool, yeah. Queens, Alice in Chains. Um, at times, musically, there's like some Soundgarden influence behind okay. the instrumentalism. Yeah. Um, just just uh, a lot of those kinds of bands where you have like that sort of like 90s power. Yeah, yeah. For they, sure. they struck a chord with me that I love with that kind of genre, that kind of music. Is that the kind of stuff you grew up on? Because I feel like that was the kind of Ooh. stuff I grew up on too, for sure. And that even though I listen to so many different styles of music now, that kind yeah. of like uh, whatever year it was when I was in junior high, like 95 or 94 or something, that is absorbed in my brain and I can't ever escape it. Like I'm going to, if I hear Soundgarden, I'm going to turn it up no matter what I'm doing. Even if I've been listening Absolutely. to jazz for the last week and a half straight, like it's, Oh, Soundgarden, of course. Right. Is it the same kind of deal with you guys? Totally. Yeah. That stuff's etched into my brain. It holds a spot in there that doesn't move. There's yeah. like a rotating musical calendar, but that's the one spot that's etched in stone that, that genre. Yeah. That 90. And then you got things like Motorhead. That's okay. Oh, absolutely. You know? I can't believe I didn't mention Motorhead. Motorhead's yeah, honorable mention. Yeah, <laughs> Running Video for sure. I know that's the uh, throwback, but like yeah. his vocal stylings and such. I I don't know. It really inspired me. Well, and there's crossover too, right? Between between that '90s rock stuff, uh, the alt rock stuff, and then and then straight up metal, especially you know, just uh, in terms of vocals and, and guitar solos and things like that. Like there's there's certainly uh, a marriage there. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's like a. Um, over the year, like a chronicle, basically, this is like the latest chapter. All the influences that we took in were spitting out at this time. Yeah. So I don't need to like turn it around like that. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, and I, I, I don't want to get too stuck on the genre thing because I know we've yeah. been talking about it for a while here, but um, okay. where do you fit in then within the local music scene as a rock and roll band? Because everything is very splintered and I mean, a lot of different styles play together, but there's definitely like a hardcore scene and there's a metal scene and there's a black metal scene and there's you know everything's very uh distinctively so are, are you sort of um nebulous and that you can float between all these different uh genres because you play sort of straight ahead that's a great way to put that actually as far as our career has been we've been very nebulous in the scene we've played bills with all kinds every of kind of genre that you can have we seem to be like the weird uh the weird cousin to every band where they're <laughs> like he's cool still like even if we're playing on a black metal band or if we're playing on a metal band's bill yeah. we're the rock band that gets in somehow it's always been like this this foot in the door where we don't really get turned away from any kind of bill. We've been able to play with everybody. So it is sort of nebulous that way. And in the scene, there's some hard rock bands for sure. And I think we, we stack right next to them. Yeah. Cool. Cool. Um, yeah. We'd like to oh, network with a few of them and play some, some shows with some other like-minded bands, you know, and, Especially with this record coming out soon, we're going to have some uh, trajectory yeah. we're going to want to attack. Well, that yeah. was what I was going to get to next. I mean, you have this record coming out. What, what can you tell me about this? I mean, what are people going to expect from this album? Uh, I think they're going to be surprised that a local band could sound like, I didn't want it to sound regional. Like, you know, I didn't want it to sound like it was from a specific place. I just wanted to have a record that somebody anywhere could listen to and just kind of, you know, relate to and. There's a lot of really interesting surprises in there musically, I think. We spent a lot of time on this record. This one we recorded in like 2018 as far as like the bulk of the 
instrumentation and then over the last few years just because there was things that happened to get there but then recently decided to find all the lead players and extra people we put on the record that we had as guest artists to try and really change the sound so it's it's more of a matured record I and so. the songs are all a good kick to the teeth in a good way like cool. they're it's a good powerful fucking batch of songs yeah, yeah. and having the guest uh, lead guitar players there's four um and on five tracks one guy does two uh, we had to do that at a necessity to start because we didn't have a full band. It was just me and this guy right. keeping the going. And then it turned into a really fun, exciting thing because each song has its own flavor, its own distinct sort of feel. Absolutely. So, and like, yeah, we tracked the drums in 2018 at Mid-Ocean. It was uh, our buddy Ryan, our guitar player, Ryan Morasti. He's an audio engineer. He got his uh, certi- like certification from there. So he brought us in and then the files got corrupted. We lost most of the record which was super frustrating because we yeah. dragged this guy in for a full day of drums, like an all-day session, marathon session. He's yeah. a monster. He, you know, he knocked it out of the park, lost the files, got the fi- like uh, <laughs> recovered some of them, and then we went through some players. Uh, there was a guest player that was supposed to play on the song we're going to play today, Put You Down, and he broke his wrist the <laughs> day before the recording. He needed reconstructive surgery. Poor guy. We were calling him in for a session, and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, so I can barely type this message, actually. But, um, yeah. <laughs> we're like, why? We had all these setbacks and people like that were like, totally, we'll do it for you. And then next thing you know, there was delays, and then finally it just worked out. When and is it actually are. coming out? Do you have a release date for this yet? Hall- Halloween. 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 Cool. Okay. Well, this will probably come out after Halloween, so the good thing is by the time people hear this, they will yeah. already be able to get it just right right away. So that's cool. Um, but be excellent to promote. Yeah, speaking of that, though, what's the best way to find you guys? Where can people find your music, uh, especially considering that the record will be out by the time people are hearing the podcast? We're going to be releasing everything, uh, hopefully on all platforms. Yep. Indefinitely, we're going to have it on uh, YouTube and Spotify, I believe, by Halloween. Okay. Yeah. And um, all of our socials will be up by then as well. We're kind of like doing a rebrand. So as soon as Halloween comes out, we'll yep. just have everything out there. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, Twitter even. Cool. Yeah. Cool. And that'll be at Official Righteous Fist will be the handle you can find that at. Yeah. And like this, like we think of this, like, cause we're cousins, right? I don't know if people know that a lot of people seem to know we're related, but it's like the family business now because yeah. uh, our family used to be into old school beverage rooms and stuff and such like our grandparents and uh, uncles and stuff. And then that kind of fell by the wayside. And now we're kind of like picking it up and, you know, doing the new music. business is music. Yeah. Man. We're doing music. <laughs> yeah, man. It's, it's cool. That's awesome.
Thanks for having me on, Sam. I'm Scott Price. I am the programming director here at CKW 95.9 FM, based out of the University of Winnipeg. And uh, I was hired on as program director early early September. Yeah, it was recent. So right? I, yeah. yeah, it was recent, before it was Sam Doucette. Um, uh, so yeah, uh, I'm the program director before that. I've been a volunteer at the station for about um, close to a decade, I think. Okay. This upcoming year will be my 10th year uh, being involved with CKW in some way. Never did music shows. I did a lot of spoken word sort of new shows. So, but always around yeah. the music scene and going to local shows and stuff like that. So, cool. Yeah. Well, and then, so in your, I mean, like I said at the beginning, you know, things are changing as far as people being able to actually get out to places of work or places where they, where they uh, pursue their interests. And, and the station is definitely one of those places. Um, how has this position that you're in now been given the fact that we're at the end of a pandemic hopefully yeah well hopefully we'll <laughs> we'll see right That's um right, yeah. uh yeah it's i mean the station kind of couldn't do um the regular how we normally operate for about since march 2020 you know so now we're just getting back into getting volunteers back here at the station to uh to broadcast their shows live uh so it's been about two years without live broadcasting so you know some station some shows have been just been kind of on archival repeat for a long time yeah other a lot of people have been doing pre-records at home which is great um and some people are continuing that but we got about you know 50 some odd volunteers coming back um and then still a number of shows that are going to be um recorded from home okay so it's been a long time coming and um you know i mean it would be an interesting interview to kind of talk to sam who was the previous new uh program director because most of his time at the station was during COVID and just dealing with that right um so you know for me it's sort of it's been since i've got in it's been like okay return to campus how to figure that out you know and the university has their own uh, rules about that. So we kind of have to follow the university's mandates. So, sure. you know, you have to double vax to come in. They have a specific car that people need to apply for and get and all this other kind of stuff. So okay. it's been a process, but we're happy that a lot of people are coming back and a lot of volunteers are really excited to come back and just do their shows at the station. It's a great, it's a great feeling uh, to have that live element because We've always been about live, live and local. Yeah, that's what CKW does. What we've always wanted to do. So getting back into it in some way, maybe not. We were sort of expecting, you know, just a big rush and everything would be going going back to normal. Uh, doesn't look like it's going to be totally that. So, which is fine. It's like like everyone knows you. We kind of have to learn how to just adapt. That's right to this and CKW is no different so yeah that's it's been a long time coming like we had the satellite studio in the fortune block right by the times changed over the summer which yeah. is great about a dozen or more about a dozen shows were live from the from there and that was really a cool experience but um just happy to have people back you know well so. during all of this this time that, that that you haven't been able to have the live radio um I assume that a lot of the volunteers have got pretty good at at doing things remotely i mean working from home at pre-recording shows and things like that is that something that's an option for people going forward if they still feel uncomfortable about you know going out in this <laughs> this world we're in i mean because uh, i imagine that the skill level has increased uh since you know march of 2020 or something in terms of just producing at home yeah big time a lot of people are still doing that i think there's a lot of people who will eventually come back but yeah. they're pretty comfortable doing their show lot uh pre-record you know, uh, Sean Burns yep. does his country show, Boots and Saddle, on Tuesday. You know, he's comfortable doing a pre-record. That's great. Uh, Bucky of uh, Royal Canoe fame has a show on CKW. I think he's pretty comfortable doing it from home, and that's great. Yeah. Um, you know, and it's just about, you know, just getting the files and making sure things play at the right time, which, you know, sometimes uh, as staff, you know, we have to – program for a playlist for like an entire day bet, so like yeah. what, make, making sure everything line up sometimes is uh is like a, a considerable amount of work for us um or say considerable a fair amount of work but that's fine like we just want to try to get it 
the stuff out there. So it's it's going to be a mix, but it's it's also good that a lot of people have had this experience of producing from home. Yeah. I think it's a I think it's a positive thing. Yeah, it's just extra extra skills that they have when they come back. Yeah, and then you know, and then it's like if they you know then they can. If they know they have stuff coming up, they're going to do, you know, a string of live shows and like, oh, I'm going to be away for a couple of weeks. So then I can knock off a bunch of shows and send it to you. Like yeah. that's, that's good too. That makes it easier for us. Yeah. You know? Did you lose a lot of volunteers over this? People who maybe didn't have the technology or the, uh, the desire to do these remotely? Yeah. I mean, there, there's a number of like, um, volunteers who just maybe didn't have the technical expertise or had other stuff going on, yeah. uh, that just couldn't, you know, because of life circumstances just couldn't do the shows anymore so it's been a process of figuring that out and then also even figuring out what people's comfort levels are right like even with people coming back and we do have some you know some days are busier than others but potentially you know we could have people you know the music directors in the back someone is is we have some music vol- uh, music department volunteers who are cataloging music yeah because uh, we have a gigantic backlog because uh, i it believe has- it <laughs> it's uh the the music director's desk is uh like just uh, there's barely enough room for his keyboard it's just like filled with mailers right um so like and it's just like figuring out what people's comfort levels are like you know about how you know and that's that's like uh that's going to be a staff that's our main thing is to make sure people feel comfortable coming back and and all that kind of stuff so um but yeah we did lose uh there's a few people who like maybe won't be coming back or like you know, we still got to kind of figure out how, how that's going to work. So, yeah. Yeah. What is the situation like? I mean, one of the things that I always liked about CKW is that they always, you know, the station always let my terrible bands come on and play live <laughs> in the studio. It happened more often than it probably should have. But what what is the uh, situation with that? I mean, like, is that kind of off the table right now until things get better? Or are people still bringing in guests for live performances and live interviews? Yeah, well, all the interviews would have to be remote. Uh, we really can't have guests yeah. that like we used to or live bands. It won't be, I mean, maybe next year it might be a thing, but we're not planning that until, I don't know, maybe next fall, yeah. like next year. Maybe that's a possibility because, I mean, right now, I don't think the university really allows guests. Like there's a whole, there's a whole like, process for even to have a guest come into the university for for some reason right let alone we're going to have a bunch of bands just come in here it's uh so it's just like a logistical thing that we just can't do right now unfortunately although we're hoping that there'll be more opportunities for interviews for bands um as things kind of normalize it in terms of uh how we broadcast so what about volunteer training is that something that's uh kind of off as well right now or are you still able to to train new people no, we have a lot of new people because uh, a lot of the training just went online. So it was actually sure. learning staff. Um, so there's a lot of it that can go online um, that we've been doing. So that's also been kind of a great thing for us that there's a lot of stuff that we can do online that we used to do in person. Yeah. Um, so that, that's that been a great thing, I think, for the station as well uh, to have that option. Obviously, at a certain point, we need them to come here. And, you know, look at the equipment and this is how you catalog a CD and all this other kind of stuff. But if people are interested or if you have a show idea, uh, don't hesitate to contact us because especially now, there's a lot of opportunity in terms of time slots and and opportunities to come and be a volunteer if you're comfortable with it. Um, And that's a conversation we can have. But, um, yeah, we're not really stopping that part of it either. Well, maybe that's yeah. a good a good a good place to end this. Then is is if people are interested in finding out more about the station, whether it's just to even see what the schedule is like or find out how they can get involved. What's the best way to do that? Well, uh, the best way is uh, you know contact me uh, programming at cqw.ca um, or the volunteer coordinator. Uh, you know you can get the information on the staff directory. Um, that would be the best way uh, is to just uh, send us an email and then we'll we'll figure it out from there. But there's you know, there's there is potentially for for a lot of uh, a lot of spots. Cool. Um, it, you know, and th- things are kind of changing uh, in terms of the schedule. So there might be some open spots for people if you have a show idea. Um, let us know about it, please. Cool. Well, I'm glad you're back. I'm glad UMFM is back, and you know, I'm glad everyone's sort of slowly starting to get back to where they were. I mean, I know it's going to be a lot of transition um, during all of this as we sort of figure out what happens but it's nice to see that 
some of the things like shows, like live shows and like campus community radio is coming back because it's, uh, I think it's been sorely missed having that live element of it. Um, even though the shows have been good, like I've been listening, you know, to, to a lot of, uh, Sean Burns' show is a great example. I've been listening to that a lot over the pandemic and, you know, he's doing a bang up job from home, but it is nice to have, to know that the person you're listening to is in the studio and actually doing it right on site. Yeah. I mean, you know, Keith Black, who does Voyage on Wednesdays, the jazz show yeah. from 10 to 1, he just did his first live show just this last week. It was a bit of a technology kerfuffle thing, but he, we're going to get that all figured out. I'm really happy that Keith is back. And the Saturday over, like Saturday midnight into Sunday, yeah. will actually be live. Actually, a great uh, volunteer, Colton Hutchinson, is taking over that spot. Oh, cool. And he does, he does almost like noon to uh, or midnight to 6 a.m., pretty much almost li- all live uh so it's a cycle radio so that's also something that i think is cool that's happening again getting those overnight people the overnight weirdos are coming back which is a sign of life for uh campus community radio i think that's awesome (laughs)